This is the Worth Recovery Podcast, featuring women in addiction. Welcome back to Worth Recovery, podcast featuring women in sex addiction. I'm Amy. I'm your host here, and I'm excited to bring you another episode of this wonderful podcast. I don't know if it's wonderful. I'm hoping it's wonderful. You guys seem to tell me it's wonderful, so that's good. Uh, so I had this experience earlier this week that I want to share with you. So I, um, you know, I, I own my own car, right? I'm an adult here, and I typically drive everywhere I go. I don't really ride with other people very often in other cars. But I had this experience earlier this week where I rode with my brother just to get some things. And I sat in the passenger side of the car, which I don't do do normally very often anyway. But for whatever reason, the way his seat was or the way it was all put together or just the car in general, I don't know. But it was one of the most comfortable car rides I had ever been on like just a really great seat and I don't know for whatever reason maybe I was sore or I was struggling I don't know whatever reason I was like this is the most comfortable seat in the world and then when I got back into my car I was like uh like my car is not that comfortable and so I started messing a little bit with the you know uh direction position of my seat I have um, one of those cars where there's like a million different buttons that will move different parts of your seats and move stuff forward or back or whatever the deal is and increase your lumbar, you know, support and all that kind of stuff. Now, my car, just so we're all clear, like, I don't know that you care, but my car is all paid off. I'm so excited about that. And it's 12 years old this month, actually. 12 years old this month, and I adore it. So anyway, not that you care, but I love my car. So I started messing with the seat a little bit and I didn't really do all that much, right? Like I moved the dial for the lumbar thing. Like I moved that like maybe half, not even half a turn, maybe like a quarter of a turn. And I moved the, you know, the back part of the seat up, maybe, maybe an inch, maybe it was like half an inch. It was like a little tiny push on my button and I moved it up just a little bit. Anyway, I sat and played with it. Until I found this position where it was just, it felt really good. It was really comfortable. And as I started driving, I realized not only was it really comfortable, but just those little tiny changes kind of changed my perspective on the way that I see things around me. The way that I see different signs, the way I see different cars, my ability to see out the back uh, through my rearview mirror because my back seat has these headrests that are kind of obtrusive. And so it just it just made everything a lot different. The perspective was different. I'm not saying it's better or worse. It was just different. Um, and it was, it was really interesting to me as I was driving home for like 30 minutes to kind of keep noticing these little differences in the way that my that I responded to what was going on based on these little minute changes that I had in the way that my seat was working. 
And it made me really think about recovery, probably because I've had a lot of different conversations with people recently about recovery, about changes, about struggling with their sobriety, about struggling with you know, staying um, in recovery, just a variety of different conversations. And, and as I thought about these little tiny minute changes, and I thought about the different conversations that I've had in recovery with different people I've had in recovery recently, it made me kind of really ponder on this idea about these small changes in our lives. So I'm sure that you've heard, you know, kind of the story of of a few degrees. I don't know if this is like an official story, but uh, I've heard most of my life, and probably because I'm a mathematician and I spend a lot of time with people who care about numbers, um, the difference of a few degrees. And so I, I got out a map and I drew a, you know, a line from Los Angeles to Maine, right? So from California, Los Angeles, up to the state of Maine. Um, Bangor, Maine was kind of my target. And so I drew this straight line across the map from these two locations. And then I moved just a free, just a few degrees. I moved five degrees north. If, if I didn't follow that straight line, but instead took a five degree turn north, what would happen? What would happen to my destination? Where would I end up? And so I drew that line kind of trying to figure out, you know, what would happen if I, if I did that. I moved five degrees even more, and then I moved five degrees more. So I had these kind of four lines, right, on my map. And then I went four, five degrees south um, and looked at all the different options of what happens. It was really interesting to me because all of the routes take you over Las Vegas, so you leave LA and all of the routes take you kind of over Las Vegas, but your destination is totally different. If you move just five degrees north, you miss the whole state of Maine completely. In fact, you miss Indiana, Ohio, New York. You don't even, you don't end up in the United States. You end up in Quebec somewhere. You're going to fly over Ottawa, Montreal, and end up somewhere in Quebec. If you go 10 degrees north, which is still not not a big difference, you'll still go over Las Vegas, you'll still go through Colorado, but instead of Kansas, you'll go through Nebraska, you'll go through Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, totally different states, you'll go through Ontario, and you'll still end up somewhere in Quebec, because Quebec is kind of big, guys, so just so you know. And if you even go five degrees more, so now you're a total of 15 degrees north, you miss most of the states completely. And you end up, again, in Quebec, but even f much further north in Quebec. But you miss the Great Lakes. You miss Wisconsin and Michigan. You miss a lot of those states that, that you had if you were only five degrees north. And point being here, you end up hundreds, almost thousands of miles away from your destination of Maine. Same thing happens if you go south, right? If you go south five degrees. So if you start from the same spot in Los Angeles, but you move your, your path five degrees south, you're going to end up missing a lot of those states. You don't end up in Maine. You end up somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. But you don't even go through New York. You don't even 
go through most of the states. You end up in a total different path. And if you go five degrees further south, so that's 10 degrees from your original kind of trajectory, you, yeah, you're just in totally different states. I've thought a lot about that whole difference of five degrees as I messed around with my car seat to make myself uh, feel a little bit better. As a child, I never expected to end up where I'm at in my life. You know, I don't think anyone as a child says to themselves, wow, I'm going to be an addict when I grow up. I'm going to have all these addictive relationships. I'm going to be addicted to love and food and sex. And I'm going to miss opportunities because of that. And I'm going to fail out of college one year because of that and have to rebuild my life. Or I'm going to lose, you know, a lot of my financial opportunities because I spent decades of my life acting out. That's definitely not what any child wants or says for their life. And that was not the path or the trajectory that I was on originally. That's not where I wanted to end up. But throughout my life along this course, you know, things happen. Um, whether things happen because I choose them or whether things happen to me doesn't really matter. What matters is that everything that happens moves my path a couple degrees here and there. Sometimes I notice the movement and I'm able to get back on course really quickly. Sometimes I don't notice it at first. Like all these paths go over Las Vegas. We don't notice the small differences that that our path takes us at first, you know, in the beginning. And But sometimes our destinations end up thousands of miles apart not even where we want to be. And these things that happen over time kind of knock us here and there. Sometimes the path that we end up on is is a better choice. Sometimes not, though. For my case, I know a lot of that was not the case for me. This things happened, my, my course got moved, and different trauma that happened, different consequences, different things that happened over time, my course ended up drastically different than where I wanted it to be. Let me tell you this one experience I had talking about, you know, getting knocked different directions or, or going different ways. Um, when I was in college, this was, well, this was my return to college after I failed out my, that one year. However, um, I was with a friend and we were, we were driving, we were actually in Vegas. Um, and we were, we were driving and looking for a specific store to uh, buy fish at, like for pets, you know, to put in a fish tank. He wanted these pets. Anyway, long story about how we were there. Point being, he was driving and I had the map, right? So I have this map and we're going and it's, it's before the days of, of like GPS and cell phones, guys. So it's a physical map that I'm trying to follow. And I'm pretty, you know, good at like directions and things like that. So I was following this map and I'm giving him directions and we should be there and we're not there. Um, we're not, we're not there. And, and I cannot figure out why we're not there. I'm staring at this map and I'm like, we drove here, we did this, we did that, blah, blah, blah. And the store is not there. And he called them, you know, to see, we stopped and found a payphone. This is the days of payphones. We stopped and found a payphone. We called them. They're like, yeah, we're open. We're here. You know, this is where we're at. And of course he checks the address with them. And then he looks around to look at where we're at. And, and I could see his mind like 
what's going on here? You know, like him trying to figure out what happened. And he comes back and he asks me to explain on this map where I directed him to go. Because he just kind of blindedly trusted me to direct him. So I explain where we're at and how we got here and what happened and everything. And I'm like, I don't get it. And he says to me, well, the problem, Amy, is your map is upside down. Like we were driving south, not driving north. And uh, you gave me directions as if we were coming from the the um, north side, not the south side. And anyway, I had just done the total opposite of where we were supposed to be. And something as simple as just turning the map upside down, you know, or not understanding kind of the north-south perspective on the map or where we were coming from. I just assumed we were coming from the south, but we were coming from the north and just explaining that whole thing and understanding it, you know, was, uh, it was embarrassing for me, first of all, because I was kind of crushing on this guy and here I can't read the map. However, um, it was a good lesson for me, a good perspective, a good understanding that, you know, I can have all the right intentions in the world, but if I'm not reading the map correctly, or if I'm not aware of what's going on, or if I'm not seeing the differences in what's happening, then then I'm not going to end up at the destination that I want to end up at. So there's lots of different ways on how we get off track, how we get knocked a few degrees here or there based on trauma, how we misread the signs, how we get off track, how we misinterpret what's happening, how we don't pay attention you know, to some of the signs around us and we just blindly go forward without really being aware of our surroundings. No matter the effect, no matter the cause, that's what I meant to say, no matter the cause of why you're off track, one of the things I've learned in recovery is that we have to be constantly evaluating what's happening, constantly evaluating where we're at and the direction that we're going and if what we're doing is getting us there. You know, I would have never thought to change the... um the settings on my seat in my car had I not sat in another seat and felt something different. A lot of times in recovery, I don't realize something's not working for me until I see it working in someone else's life. A lot of times I don't realize that I'm a few degrees off course until I look at what other people are doing and, if, and see that they're making the progress that I want in my life. I don't always realize that, you know, that the path I'm going on, maybe full steam ahead, isn't the destination that I really want to be at. Unless I'm living in consultation, unless I'm living and looking and seeing other people's lives. I know it's a lot, it's really easy in recovery to just kind of live in isolation. It's really easy to put your head down and to just try to march forward and do what needs to be done without taking evaluation of where you're at and what's going on. I lived that way for a long time in recovery. It was easier. It was easier to just deal with my own problems and not think about or look at the world around me or evaluate what's going on. It wasn't until I started looking and spending time with people that had recovery that I wanted, um, spending time and looking at people's lives and understanding and finding compassion that I started to realize that I, I needed to course correct a lot more often. Those few degrees that I got knocked here or there needed to be course corrected as I went along. 
The thing about a few degrees is that we don't always notice the differences right away. Like I said, all of those all of those paths to Maine, you know, just a few degrees here or there, go over this go over Las Vegas. And so for the first 90 minutes of the flight, you might feel like I'm on the right path. I'm going over Vegas. That's what should happen. And we don't always see or notice those differences right away. And that's why it's really important that we look around and we live in consultation in recovery. Because we can be headed down a certain path and not realize that the destination is not where we want to be until we get there if we're not paying attention. And sometimes that that difference of a few degrees not having a huge impact right away in our course um, can be hard in recovery as well. Because we start doing something and we don't realize and we don't feel a difference right away, right? We're, we're still going over Vegas. So we start a daily, rich, you know, a daily recovery routine. We start going to meetings. We start going to therapy. We start being more honest. We start changing things in our lives. We start working with people. We start doing different things. And we don't always notice a difference right away. Maybe we're still really angry. Maybe we're still really anxious. Maybe we're still sitting in a lot of pain. In fact, maybe it's harder right away because we're sitting in our emotions more than we are numbing them. And we think this really isn't making a difference, right? I'm still flying over Las Vegas. And we don't really realize the difference that just those few degrees make in our recovery or in our lives. That's another reason we have to live in consultation and look around at what's going on. We need to have people reflect back to us. We need to sit in different seats like I did in my brother's car and realize, oh, well, maybe I can make some changes and stick with those changes for a little bit of time before we decide to just throw them out the window. I was talking uh, with a recovery friend the other day who had made some changes in their life and said to me, you know, I, I've been a year sober and I thought that it would be different by now. <laughs> I thought that my life would be drastically different. I, I thought that I would feel less anger. I thought that I would be less sad. I thought that things would be better. I expected to be in a relationship by now. And, and as they were sharing with me some of those things that they expected out of their life at one year sober, um, I, I really related to that. I remember even being two and three years sober and thinking, this is still not where I want my life to be. This is still not what's going on. And I had to take an evaluation. I had to live in consultation. I had to look around. I had to talk with people and say, what's going on? What, you know, I'm still missing some things. This is still not the destination I wanted for my life. And to get a good reflection back about that has been really helpful to have someone look and help me evaluate my life and look at what those differences are that I'm not seeing. A lot of times we don't see the differences in our lives because the changes are so subtle. And yet I remember one you know, particular event, um, anniversary for me, I should say, having someone reflect back to me how different the relationship was with my family. And I'd been working on that, but I was so close to it, I couldn't always see it. And so having someone reflect that back to me was incredibly helpful and important for me in my recovery. My challenge for you today, I've talked and rambled a little bit for the, on this idea. I've, 
I've said enough, I think, on this idea here, but my challenge for you today is to really think about the few degrees. And I, I want you to think about this in a couple different ways. I know for me, understanding the few degrees that I was knocked this and that way in my past has been really important. To understand, you know, this this faulty core belief that knocked me a few degrees north and you know, this traumatic event that knocked me, you know, 12 degrees south and whatever the deal is, just looking at those different events that knocked me different directions and understanding how that affected me and how I can course correct, right? How can I course correct at this point in time based on those events that happened? That that right there has been a huge difference, made a huge difference in my life and dramatically changed the way that I live and the way that I interact with people. Kind of understanding my trauma, understanding those few degrees, those minor things that happened. They may have been major, major things that happened, but especially the minor things, the small degree here or there that changed the course of my life. And then also evaluate the small changes that you're making now. The small changes in your life that are happening that maybe you're not seeing. Ask someone to help you evaluate. Ask someone to to help you look around and say, what small changes do I still need to make? And changes are small. I know I've told you this story before about understanding the connection for me between like making my bed and doing my dishes. That's so lame. I feel like I shouldn't have to talk about that at 41, but it's true. So, you know, a small difference, right? I found that if I would take the 90 seconds or two minutes that it took to make my bed in the morning, right? That small change, it had ripple effects into my life. It's by these small and sometimes really simple things that big changes happen in our life and in our recovery. Just these few degrees, right? If I'm not careful, if I'm not taking an evaluation of where I am, if I'm not looking around me, I can sometimes miss those few degree changes in my life. So I challenge you today to kind of look at that. Really look at understanding those knocks and that course, you know, changed my course as a child, as a teenager, even into my 20s and 30s and understanding those. But then also, and doing something about them, right? Learning how to course correct, getting some consultation, getting some help about how I can course correct those things in my life. And then also looking at your own recovery program right now. Are you doing the small things? Are you doing the just few degree things? Are you surrendering on a regular basis? Are you going to meetings? Are you holding yourself accountable? Those small things, do you have those little routines in place that help you to stay on the right course? You know, we talk a lot about how addiction hijacks our brain and our logic and our thinking patterns. And that's what we mean when we talk about these little tiny degrees here or there, right? Like when I have those addictive thoughts, when I start my addictive cycle, I'm not going in my, you know, I'm not on the right trajectory anymore. I've switched paths. I've knocked myself a few degrees here or there. And learning how to course correct and learning how to get back is one of the biggest things that has helped me in recovery. And those course corrections come for me in those tiny little things that I choose to do every day. And I'm really grateful for that experience, for that kind of weird train of thought that helped me to reevaluate my own experiences. Where am I at in recovery? Where am I willing to change? What am I willing to change 
and how am I going to make that happen? So that is my, that is my thought for you today. Adjust your seat. If you're listening to this while you're driving, make some changes in your seat. Find something that works for you. Make sure what you're doing is working. Figure out those few degrees that need to be changed in your life and work on them. Okay, my friends, I hope that you remember today that no matter what is going on in your life, no matter how far you think you've fallen, no matter how much shame you feel, no matter how far off course you feel in your life, I want you to remember that you are worth recovery, 100% worth it. I say that every week because I talk to you guys every week and so many of you express that shame and that feeling of I'm I'm not worth it. I'm not worth doing this. I'm not worth fixing. I'm not I'm not worth it. I want you to know that you are. You are worth recovery. 100% worth it. Worth the hard work. If you don't believe that, just trust me. I promise that you are worth it until you start to believe that for yourself. I hope that you have a fantastic day. I'm thinking about you, praying for you, and I love you so much. Until next time, Amy. stuff. The mission of Worth Recovery is to dispel shame and build hope in the lives of women struggling with and recovering from sex addiction. I am not associated with any 12-step group, religious organization, or therapeutic clinic. I am an addict sharing my own experiences and recovery.